Hey everybody, welcome back. This is another episode of, I guess, the sports section. I don't know, this podcast I used to do like five years ago. I think you were one of the first guests, but um, it's now under the umbrella of the newly minted McCarran Podcast Network, which I'm very proud of. Um, Very exciting. You know, lots of different shows. We've got some other stuff lined up, TV, film, sports, kind of we have it all here. I'm moving my arms around as if, you know... Anybody's watching, but no one is. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, we're going to talk a little baseball. Football's over. Basketball we don't really care about. So, uh, you know, baseball's kind of right around the corner. A little bit, a uh, couple of weeks before pitchers and catchers report. Um, we always like to have on uh, my good friend, one of my oldest friends and biggest Giants fans, Scott Estrada. He's joining us live from Washington, D.C. via Skype. Scott, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing quite well. As well, we just were uh, having a little chat about uh, some baseball stuff. Figure we get it on the record here. Well, I guess we can kind of just jump into it here. We are, I guess you'd say, both fans of one San Francisco Giants baseball professional franchise. You that you'd agree with that, right? You're a fan of them as well. Yeah, that is that is an admitted bias of mine. I am certainly okay. a Giants fan. All right. Well, I mean that you kind of got that going for you here. Uh, anybody who's listening today. Um, but yeah, we um, did the what happened last season at the end of the season. I, I it's been a while. You're gonna need to refresh my memory. Um, well, the Giants officially became a dynasty. Wow, by winning three World Series in five years. So you're on board with um, the dynasty thing. You think they are a dynasty? I think they are a dynasty. I think um, you could find better teams. Um, like for example, I would say the Big Red Machine. I mean, they won. I think two years in a row, 75, mm-hmm. 76, or something like that. I could be wrong, but, you know, they didn't win three in five years. Um, so I think I think that's a pretty big milestone. Um, it hasn't happened very often. Um, so while you could argue that there are better specific teams in the past, I think certainly a pretty strong argument for, for being a dynasty compared to those to those successful teams. Yeah, I mean, because this is a group, and while I think the, uh, the, the, the anti-dynasty people, I agree with you, but I think the anti-dynasty people would argue that, well, they haven't won in consecutive years, and so that's kind of disqualifying them from dynasty consideration, which I don't really agree with, because I think in this day and age, um, with players moving back and forth so much that um, to have a core, a, a consistent core of guys over, you know, even, I mean, five years. I mean, you look back, you know, it's like 2007, 2008. They've, they've had a lot of these same player, like a lot of these core players. Um, but to be able to, to do that in this particular era, I feel like three World Series in five years is pretty amazing. And I don't think they've even been favored in any of them. This one was probably would have been the closest to them have being maybe you could look at them as a favorite, but in all of the other series, they were most definitely the underdog. Yeah, I mean, they've I think they've always been an underdog in the last three, but um, this 2010 obviously was a surprise, but but this probably caught me by the most surprise. I yeah, think. Uh, especially considering that how really just awful they were in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not think that they were going to be as successful as they were. And, um, and, you know, going back to your point about, um, specific, uh, about core players and people, I mean, I think, I mean, they definitely do lack as much of a core as some of those past World Series teams, like the, like the early, the 2000 Yankees or the mm-hmm. 70s A's, but you can't discount the fact that they still, I mean, first of all, Bruce Bochy is a big factor. Yeah. Um, Buster Posey, Bumgardner. Um, Sandoval, Kane, Posey, yeah, Kane and Lincecum. Interestingly enough, what makes them a little different is really their core that made them so good in those three World Series teams was their bullpen, which really hasn't changed that much. Right. Um, It's kind of interesting compared to you know I don't know the the Yankees of the of the fifties versus the Giants of the uh, of the last decade. It's it's actually bullpen that's made them different. And it is pretty impressive, even going back, I mean, they've been to four World Series in the last 13 years, which is, I mean, you're looking at a one, you know, one every four years, if you kind of spread it out that way on, on, on average. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, that bullpen has been pretty much nails. I mean, they're, you know, these guys, Lopez and Affelt and Romo and Casilla and these guys, they all have three rings and they are always kind of the backbone, I think, of the team. Because, like you said, the, the, I mean, the starters certainly have kind of filtered in and out over the years. I mean, in 2010, it was Lincecum. In 2012, it was Kane. And now, of course, it's Bumgarner. But, um, you know, the consistency and what you need to win in the postseason is pitching and defense, specifically bullpen and defense. And the Giants had all of that in spades. Now, they won the World Series, and they pretty much, I mean, in each one of the other World Series, the season afterwards, especially the off-season afterwards, was a lot of, hey, let's just bring the band back together. And why not? I mean, they won the World Series. It's certainly something, they must be doing something right. Um, And while it's worked out for them in the past with other championships, of course, this season, they did that same kind of thing. I'm not sure if it's going to work out as well. Now, I trust in Brian Sabian, I trust Bruce Bochy, and I have no reason to really doubt these players, um, but I think if you told me at the beginning of the off season, well, the off season is going to be basically Casey McGee, Ryan Vogelsong, Nori Aoki, Sergio Romo, and that's pretty much it. I may have thought, well, judging by what, what could have been, I think it's maybe a little bit of a disappointment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think they've had the, I mean, they, they really had one of the worst off seasons comparative to other teams in terms of trying to make moves and not really getting it done. Um, it, I mean, most notice, notably the, the Pablo Sandoval. Obviously. Yeah. They, they tried to resign him pretty, pretty bad. Um, and, you know, maybe they got away with something when they're not overpaying for him. But, um, yeah, they, they, this, um, I think you're exactly right. They're, they're doing the same things they did in 2011 and 2013 where they're kind of just – almost like rewarding the the success of the previous season, the previous team. Um, but I will also say that I think a little, at least on the pitching side of it, um, there's a, I think there was a lack of movement on um, improving the starting rotation because of the class of free agent pitchers coming up next season. Yeah. And, and we, I, we, we, we've talked a little bit about that and I, and I think that's that's definitely an interesting thing to keep in mind. Um, but let me go back to Sandoval really quick, because my feeling on it was that, and I think with the benefit of hindsight now, of course it's you know so important. But at the time, I was thinking, okay, yeah, it'd be nice to have him back. I mean, he's he's been an integral part of the um, of the franchise for a long time. He uh, was certainly a key part in getting the Giants to the World Series, especially. Um, and, you know, he kind of had a moment in each of those series. He really came around defensively. I don't think his offense really was kind of where um, the Giants were wanting it to be. I think he kind of just is what he is. He's closer to what he's been in the last three or four years than maybe what he was when he first came up, when he hit 370 in a really short amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ever going to be a 25-30 home run guy. He'll be kind of a 15 to 20 home run guy getting on base pretty consistently. And I think a big thing is he really came around defensively this year. He played a great third base and that's going to be a huge hole. They're going to have to fill hopefully with Casey McGee. But um, I thought if you were going to lose him, that's fine. If you use the money to be able to run, to make a run at these free agent pitchers like James Shields, like John Lester, uh, and they didn't come up with them. And so the plan was then, well, instead of one John Lester, we're now going to have one Ryan Vogelsong, one Sergio Romo, and you know, use the money and spread it out a little more rather than focusing it on one player. What was your yeah. thought process when you, you know, when you were considering the pros and cons of bringing Sandoval back? Um, I mean, I I think you were right in saying that. Well, the pro I think is definitely the defense, like you said. Um, I think some people acknowledge how good his defense was. Um, some people want to focus on his weight, which is fair, but, but you're right. I mean, the bottom line is, is he was one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. Um, I, I mean, he really did come, I mean, he always had the talent, but he became more disciplined. He made less errors. I mean, he was very good at third base. Um, the con is, was his offense. Like you said, um, I, I don't think he, not only do, do I don't think we're going to ever get 
well, not, not us, but uh, the Red Sox ever going to get 25 or 30 home runs from him. But if you look at his numbers, each year they, they decline steadily, uh, particularly right. in OPS. Um, he slowly was losing his um, his batting average. His slugging percentage was going down because he was hitting less home runs. Um, so it's just – I don't think the Giants saw him ever really rebounding perhaps – in, in the offensive category. So I think that's enough of a reason to not spend too much money on him. Now, that being said, that what he was asking for compared to what the Red Sox paid wasn't, wasn't too bad. So I, he might've, he might be actually in the long run worth that money, but, um, I, I'm actually overall a l- little more comfortable with the, um, how aggressive they went after him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, us getting not getting him you know I, I feel like we did what we needed to do to try to get him i mean when it comes down to it his numbers the money we offered versus the red sox was pretty much the same thing it kind of felt like he just wanted to go yeah and so, i yeah and i don't know there there's probably something else behind the scenes like you said i mean there may you know because the money was pretty much the same so it wasn't the money maybe it was just he wanted a new challenge you know maybe you know i mean the, <laughs> he did go to a team as uh grant brisby would mention that you know he went to a team that has a world series drought you know and uh yeah. <laughs> of only a year but um yeah <laughs> but uh um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I think that uh, I think you're absolutely right about about the aggression. I think we like seeing that from the Giants because they have played and they've they, they've kind of stood in the background maybe a little bit in a lot of these negotiations with other free agents in past years. So, I mean, maybe it's just sour grapes that we didn't get guys like Lester or Sandoval or Shields, but I'm happy that we're at least in the conversation and when that 2016 class rolls around, when they're reloading for another even year title, um, I think, you know, you're maybe going to see the savings there. I think so. I mean, you know, Lincecum's money is going to come off the books. That will be very close to what kind of money we'd have to throw out there. Um, and then maybe this is a little too broad, but, um, you know, the, the, the Giants organization will never be a top market team, but, you know, after the success of winning the World Series and then knowing that we're coming generally close to paying off the park finally um, and then the revenue coming in for when the, you know, the Warriors are actually coming in to their pro- they're going to be leasing property from the Giants in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the financial prospects of this organization are very bright. So I think as a com- coming from a fan standpoint of view is uh, when do we start seeing the the results of that, you know, when, when do we start spending money? Like we're closer to a top market team and we, when we steadily have been, right. I mean, uh, I, they, they are still in the top 10, I want to say in, in payroll this right. year. I mean, cause you have a lot of high price guys, um, all generally young and locked up through, you know, for forever, but, um, you know, they're not, they basically, they can still make mistakes and have to pay for the, you know, I mean, not like, Oh, the Dodgers can take a chance on Brett Anderson for ten million dollars. If it doesn't work out, well, what the heck? It's just ten million dollars. What's it to them? Whereas the Giants, I feel like they still have to be a little bit more frugal with it, even though you're still spending in the upper echelon of teams. Yeah. So I think no, that that's yeah, I, I agree with it. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's going to be an interesting season, and I think that you know we we've talk, we've just been so long just sort of like dumping on the off season, but. I mean, generally, the team did win the World Series, and I think that bringing back the pitching depth that they have, I mean, they have seven starters for five spots. And I think that you can look at that now and kind of go, well, I mean, maybe the money could have, you know, could have upgraded somewhere else and could have done this or that, but you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, right now, Tim Lincecum is probably slated to be in the rotation with either Vogelsong or Petit, maybe as the long men out of the bullpen, or... Vogelsong taking over for Lincecum if and when he inevitably, um, you know, implodes. I don't know if he'll ever really be the same as what he was in 2008, 2009, 2010. But another thing, I mean, we talk about them really not being aggressive in the free agent market, but you look at the guys they even have coming back from injury, Matt Cain and Angel Pagan, two very important members of the team the last few years, Pagan especially, they're coming back from injury 
and if they're if they're healthy, you know that can definitely be a factor. It's sort of like getting two guys in free agency anyway. That's a good point, and um, I would actually add one more person to that too. I'd add Brandon Belt, um, who was obviously vital in the World Series run, but he was injured for a large portion of the of the season. Right, um, and. Um, you know, I, I Buster only put a column out about the most important players for each franchise, and ranked Brandon Belt as the number one most important, not only for the Giants, but out of that entire list, because he's got to fill the hole that Pablo Sandoval has left offensively as a left-handed hitter in the middle of the lineup. Um, Pagan I'm not as really, honestly, very much worried about, because the Giants were fairly successful without him going into the postseason. Um, with the signing of Aoki and Blanco, I think the two of them can maybe, I don't know if they can fill the role of Pagan, but I, I just, I, there's enough, enough depth in the outfield of speed that, um, Pagan, his success is not correlated to the giant success. Matt Cain though, I think you're right on, um, without Matt Cain, the starting rotation is probably mediocre but with Matt Cain, it, it, it does become better. Yeah. Um, I think you and I can agree that Bumgarner is an ace in any league. Mm-hmm. But Matt Cain connects the the third ro- the third starter to the first starter in terms. Of, I mean, he's he he could really make or break this rotation because number three being Tim Hudson. I mean, you feel like you know what you're going to get out of him, but I it's not that impressive to me, especially going into the latter half of the regular season. Right. He started um, strong last year and kind of tilled off towards the end of the year. He had a good start in game two of the NLDS, right. but didn't really have a great start after that. I'm glad he won a world series. Um, right. But yeah, I, I think, I think you're right about that is in, 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 in the rotation being in having that connective tissue. Cause I mean, you're also looking at Jake Peavy, I mean, Peavy was a guy right. that they re-signed as well that I think that um, I, I, I had kind of already resigned myself to thinking that Jake Peavy was going to be out of there. But, he, you know, if he can be a serviceable number two or three, you can sort of slot Kane and Hudson after that. I mean, Kane or Hudson as your number possible number four starter is a pretty decent, uh, a pretty um, deep rotation. That is a, it is a deep rotation, but then if you take Kane out of that, oh yeah, then all you're relying Jake Peavy as your number two. Yeah, uh, that's not impressive to me. You know, I mean, it's it's um, that, and, and when you you know when you're talking about a World Series team, I think you've at least got to consider when you're getting to the playoffs. I mean, you know, if Kane has goes back to where Kane can pitch at, which is probably you know a low three ERA, two hundred plus innings. Um, you know, he's Bumgarner, Kane, and then maybe PV or, or Hudson in the third spot for mm-hmm. a five game series. I mean, that's pretty that's good. Pretty, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, but you take Kane out of that, and all of a sudden you've got really just a very top heavy rotation. So um, I think you nailed it in terms of the key the key people there is um, is uh, Kane and Pagan and Belt, and and I was saying. Pagan wasn't vital, but he certainly, if Pagan produces like he should, and then all of a sudden that the whole the whole lineup actually should produce around him as well. I mean, I think the splits with him in the lineup last year and not in the lineup, it was like the Giants were like under 500 by a few games without Pagan, and then over 500 by like 10 games with Pagan. Yeah, so, and he, I mean, there is something to be said to just watching him and he that when he's going and he's getting on base i just feel like the team i mean obviously he's the leadoff hitter he's, he sets the tone but I, I mean just the the perception that i'm that i'm getting from watching him is like he is super important to this team it's been a shame that yeah. he hasn't had as much of a of a ha- hasn't been as much of a factor the last two seasons but i mean he's still getting on base a decent you know at a decent clip i mean he only played in 96 games last year, and his on base was 340, which it hasn't been that high yeah. since 2010. I mean, so 
you know, and, and I, I mean, and Aoki can, can fill in and Blanco can fill in at the top spot, but I think it helps to have a guy like him who's a prototypical leadoff guy. He's even got a little bit of pop um, at the top setting the lineups. I mean, or setting the, setting the tone for the rest of the, of the, of the lineups. So I think I, I'm a little bit more pessimistic that Kane can come back to what he was. I think that maybe 60 or 70% of Matt Kane is still going to be really good and still really help the team next year. Um, especially since the bone chips he had surgery for, he's been dealing with them for at least a couple of years now. So it's going to be interesting, I right. think, to even see how he bounces back or what he even looks like now, you know, now that he doesn't have to even deal with any of the discomfort. So I don't think he's going to come back, go back to 2012 all caps Matt Kane, but I think that he could still be a very good pitcher. He signed to a little bit of a of a high contract, and so he needs to to uh, to pitch well in order to not feel like that's as much of an albatross as maybe it might be. Well, no, I think you're. I, I, he's definitely the biggest question mark. You know, which which Matt Kane is going to show up? Um, I think I'm a little more positive or optimistic than you are with him because. While he he certainly was always something of a power pitcher, he was definitely he definitely had um, more movement on his fastball. I want to say he had four pitches. He was uh, he's a big guy. Always threw a lot of innings. He was consistent. Um, you know, he was a workhorse of that rotation. So, um, you know, I'm, I don't see necessarily if, if there's any candidate to come off of. Uh, an injury to, to bounce back, I feel like he would be one of them. I, so, yeah, I would be happy. Yes. I'd be happy if it yeah. happened. I'm, I'm just not as optimistic that he'll be as dominant as he had been in the past. If he isn't, I mean, if he is, I should say, I'm, I mean, that's great. That, that can only really help with Bumgarner and Kane being your one, two. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I mean, elbow surgery, I kind of feel like that's a big deal. And I, and I just, I guess I just, don't think that he'll be as dominant as he once was. He can still be good and be serviceable in the rotation and, you know, help. And I think help the team a lot, but I, I just, I don't see him being this dominant pitcher yet again. I mean, it's a big question mark, certainly. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about the giants. The other teams in the division, the national league West have actually made, a lot of hay in the last, I mean, few months for the hot stove. I mean, you can kind of say the least. The Giants were actually the only team not to get a new general manager. Um, and, uh, yeah, every other team in the division got a new GM. Now, whether that is a positive thing, like it may be for the Dodgers or the Padres, or a negative thing, like it may be for the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, um, remains to be seen. Um, but... You know, we all this talk about the Giants losing out on free agents and, you know, sort of standing pat with what they had. I mean, what the hell's going on in San Diego? I don't know. I've never seen this before. This is, I mean, they have been mired in mediocrity for five or six years, kind of turning over all of their prospects. And now all of a sudden they have a brand new outfield and they have a brand new starting pitching staff. And so they're all of a sudden the trendy pick to probably win the division. You know, what's your take on San Diego? What's going on out there? You know, at at first, um, I was a little skeptical about what the Padres were doing. Um, I felt as though they, it was, there's obviously with the, um, with the new GM, uh, AJ Preller was, it's time to win now. Um, they had been accumulating prospects, like you said, over, over the last few seasons, and they have new ownership. They got in twenty twelve, um, yeah, twenty twelve or yeah. last year. Um, so there's obviously a little money, a little more money available. Um, but I was a little un, unsure about the long term decisions that were being made. I mean, they acquired, you know, obviously getting Matt Kemp, Justin Upton. Um, Will Myers. Those were, yeah. Yeah, Will Myers. Well, the Will Myers was more of, you know, that's that's a long-term smart decision. He's just, I think, 24, right? So, But, but you know, how old is Kemp going to be when 
He's going to be 36, I think, at the end of his contract. James Shields is 33, which is a big reason why they kind of got him on a good deal. Um, yeah. So in the long run, I was I was like, well, you know, you're kind of selling. These are these are a little risky. I mean, Matt Kemp really more than he's a very high risk, high reward acquisition. Um, but if you're looking in the right now, I mean, it's really hard to deny that their team is upgraded. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't think anybody would disagree with you on there on that right. yeah yeah so so i mean they've, they've they've for a team that was 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 not bad last year they had some good pitching and the rotation their the starting rotation was decent and their bullpen was pretty good they just lacked offense and clearly that's what was the main focus by getting um uh derek norris for the, the catcher and then mm-hmm. the, the entire outfield's real done well uh, is going to be completely redone middlebrooks could maybe be a replacement for headley um, I mean, it's there's still the, the the infield really doesn't hasn't really improved much at all. I mean, it, really, it hasn't improved. But um, if they've pretty much, in terms of the bullpen, have pretty much stayed where they're at, and then they've increased their rotation uh, by adding James Shields, the, the quality of the rotation, and then they're they have a completely new outfield. It, it's hard to to not say that they're going to be contenders for the NL West against the against the Dodgers. But um, I mean, what does it mean in the long run, though? That—that's the—that would be my big question mark. If if I was ownership, okay, that this is great right now, but what about in two years? I mean, they, they actually have—they don't have any more of their number one draft picks since two thousand nine, with exception to one, and uh, they obviously and they gave up uh, their draft number one draft pick this year by signing James Shields. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's a very risky strategy. I mean, they look. They look really good on paper, but if they don't produce in the next couple of years, I mean, they then that's going to be I'm not going to be as impressed. Yeah, and I think I mean, there's always some. It's always they always have to give the award for the best off season. Someone's always you know it gives people something to write about and talk about. And I think you can definitely make an, an argument that they have the Cubs would be up there too, and they the fact that they signed John Lester. But I think it is interesting. They looked at the market, especially, I mean, A.J. Preller must have, and they've definitely found a premium on right-handed power, which I think is something that a lot of teams are looking for. I need right-handed power, and they basically got all of that with their entire outfield. Now, I I am, again, cautiously optimistic about the moves. I think that they're going to be good, but... If you, if you look at their outfield, okay, you look yeah. at Justin Upton, great player. He's only got one year left on his deal, though. They gave up a lot right. to try to – they kind of went all in with Justin Upton, hoping that right. they either – I mean, if they win the title this year or he resigns, that deal is a win for them. I think bar none. Right. right. Matt, Matt Kemp was one of the worst defensive center fielders last year. And the Dodgers were happy to pay him to leave to a team within the division. So it kind of tells you... So to me, that doesn't really look that great. And then Will Myers, here's a... You know, he's this young, hot prospect, traded, ironically enough, for four James Shields, you know, a few years ago. Now they're on the same team. But he's been now traded twice. I mean, young... These hot prospects, 24-year-old prospects... I kind of feel like maybe if the you know that that they would kind of stick around for a little bit longer. So I mean, what's wrong with him? How come he hasn't been able to put it all together? So I mean, yeah. I think that's not without question marks. I mean, Matt Kemp, he has a lot of money left on his deal. <laughs> and he's, yeah. I mean, and and that that's shown that that's that's not a concern. I just don't know if he can be the one hundred and sixty million dollar Matt Kemp that we've seen especially with how poorly he played in the outfit. The Dodgers have Andre Ethier. They traded Matt Kemp because <laughs> instead of Andre Ethier. Like Andre Ethier's contract is terrible and he's a third of the player that Matt Kemp is. They could probably just you know get him for a, a fifth round draft pick. Still wanted to hold on to him and yet, you know, couldn't wait to get a, uh, to to lose Matt Kemp. So color me a yeah. little bit optimi- a, a little bit cautious with that. Um they always play the Giants tough. They're always kind of really irritating. I feel like I mean they because you're right. They do that. 
you know, they have a, a, a grittiness to them, I guess, if that's, you know, you can't really, it's not it's kind of a buzzword, but um, their offense will definitely be improved. It's, it won't be, you know, league worst, I mean, and, and historically bad, which it was on, yeah. on, on pace for last year, but they do have a lot of money committed. I think you're right that they were going to have to see the, you know, the same kind of thing in the American League, I think, with the Angels, you know, you're sort of seeing this. I mean, they would have won the offseason that that they got Pujols and Josh Hamilton. And right, right. they haven't, I mean, Pujols has been good, but they haven't won the, a World Series. They haven't even really come close. And so I think that's kind of a worst case scenario for the Padres. I think they're going to challenge for that second wild card and maybe even challenge for the division as well. That's fair. I, I, I think there are arguments to be made with a lot of their trades that they made. Um, I'm actually out of all of them. I like the Will Myers one more than anything because I, yes, he's been bounced around. I think the concern there is his health. Um, he has, he's had kind of come and gone in the, like two years that he's actually played major league baseball at the, at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still young, and he puts up good numbers when he's playing. So I, and he, I, I like that trade. Justin Upton is pretty, you know, fairly consistent. He's I mean, a good he, player. I, I, he I is, yeah. I feel like he's going to hit at least 25 home runs for the Padres. Um, and he, I don't know about his defense as much, but, but I actually think he's probably the most solid acquisition they got in the outfield. And you're right. They traded a lot of, away for him. It's Matt Kemp that's really the kind of the big what's – which Matt what, Kemp's going to show up? With Matt, with, which Matt Kemp is going to show up? Um, the and to be fair to the Dodgers, I I don't know that they necessarily traded Matt Kemp because they just won. They liked him more than Andre Ethier, where it was more that they knew they could actually get something for Matt Kemp, whereas opposed they probably weren't going to get anything for Andre Ethier. And they have this Jock Peterson guy who's probably going to end up being the starter center fielder for the Dodgers. So they they really could take the risk of 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 actually trading camp because they they had five outfielders essentially if you include John Peterson yeah they could actually they could actually make the risk and get some some talent back for Matt Kemp whereas they obviously weren't going to get any talent back for Carl Crawford um, and very little talent back for Andre Ethier so so I, you know Kemp I think his ceiling is obviously the highest out of all three of those offensively. Um, where it could hurt them is is the defense, you know. All right. Will Myers is supposed to be pretty good in center field, but beyond that, Justin Up is not very good, and and um, Matt Kemp's not very good. So, um, and that's a big outfield out there. Yeah, I... uh, and that's on top of the fact that their 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 infield is not very good either, uh, defensively, and not offensively and def- defensively. I think Middlebrook's actually supposed to be pretty good, but um, yeah, that's so. You almost check off all of their boxes, and, and if you look at a team that you're trying to to build, you're trying to build a team based on pitching and bullpen and offense and defense. They almost check all those boxes off, with the exception of defense. So, um, I, it's I, I still I don't I think they are contenders um, because it's a top heavy division, but mm-hmm. I don't see how they get past the Dodgers, honestly. Well, that's interesting. Let's talk about the Dodgers. They, I think, I, I, I just, I, I honestly just can't get over why you would trade someone that you still feel like has some value within the division. I don't mind trading him to an AL team where he can possibly be a DH, but this new, I mean, we'll talk about the Dodgers. They, their new um, general manager, uh, Andrew Friedman, well, he's sort of like the assistant general manager, um, but the guy kind of making the baseball decisions. The, he brought a real Tampa Bay Rays thought process to it, which is if you can't play defense or get on base, you're not going to be on this team anymore. And that yeah. was, I mean, I, that I looked at as the kind of impetus for a lot of their offseason moves as well, um, which obviously trading Matt Kemp was one of them. Trading um, D. Gordon to the uh, Miami Marlins was another one. I mean, he's terrible yeah. at second base, and they go and bring in Howie Kendrick, and they uh, get Jimmy Rollins to replace Hanley Ramirez at short. 
So, I mean, it's a whole different middle of the infield. I mean, a whole different pretty much all the way up the middle. But are they as good as they were last year? I mean, they're going to have Kershaw. They're going to have Granke. Probably Kershaw will be healthy the whole season. Granke is in the last year of his, before he can opt out. He's going to be in that 2016 free agent class possibly. But are they as good as they were? I mean, this team won 94 or 95 games last year. Are they as good as they were last year? I'm not sure they are. I think they are. I think they're. I think they are, and I think they're better. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think you're right about that. That new middle infield is is better. Um, Jimmy Rollins. I. It's a lot of money to spend for. I don't know, a 36 or 37 shortstop. But despite that, I mean, I don't know if. Hanley Ramirez defense. I don't know if the word atrocious is good enough for Hanley Ramirez yeah. shortstop as a defensive player. I think just indifferent. Maybe. I think he was just indifferent towards defense. I think that's kind of yes. what really you can do. He just didn't really care to do it. He just didn't really care. Jimmy Rollins is an upgrade defensively at shortstop. Absolutely, which is really the most important metric for the shortstop. Um, and a good hitter is all icing on the cake. Um, D Gordon, I what I didn't like the D Gordon trade as much. I love a guy who can steal sixty three or sixty four bases and get on base. Um, but you're right, his defense lacked. And Howard Kendrick's supposed to be a is a, is a, again a, an improvement at, uh, at defense, second base. So I think in 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 those two moves they've they've upgraded. Um, yeah, Howie Kendrick or D Gordon is like a, a poor man's Howie Kendrick. Really, I think right. take away some of the steals. I think D Gordon would want to. Or he, you know, that that that's kind of what the second base position should be. I mean, Howie, Howie Kendrick is is a good player. He's a good player. Um, the risk is obviously, and this is less important for the Dodgers than it is would be for the Padres. But you know, I think this is last year on the contract. So if they don't resign him, um, you know, they lost they lost some prospects in, in that trade. But um, I don't see how they couldn't resign him because of the Dodgers. Right. Um, the the. Pitching as well, the the other two things I like about what they the moves that they made is um, they've upgraded their bullpen, which is what they needed to do probably more than anything. Um, they got Chris Hatcher and Joel Peralta. Uh, they got rid of um, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, exactly, and and that's the case with Brian. I mean, and to give the Dodgers credit, they they understand that, and they understand that about Brian. They understood that about. Brian Wilson, I mean, obviously not as big of a, of a number, but they can eat better to just eat the $10 million and not have Brian Wilson be your relief pitcher. I mean, you know, better to have, you're going to spend the money anyway. So, so they, they've upgraded their bullpen, which was, which was important. I still think, um, Kenley Jansen may not be an elite closer, but, but regardless, their, their, their bullpen is improved. And, you know, th- this rotation, the top three, obviously, uh, Kershaw, the greatest pitcher on planet Earth, and then Granke, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and Ryu's right, probably the best third starter in baseball or close to it. And then it, it had always dropped off. Getting Trading Dan Heron was great. Um, I mean, Brandon McCarthy and, and Brett Anderson, I mean, you both of those are risky, uh, but they both have some high ceilings. I wanted, uh, I I, yeah, Brett I... Anderson, I really like McCarthy. I, I wanted the Giants to get him. I was bummed when he not only didn't go to the Giants, but went to the Dodgers on a four-year deal. Um, right. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he would have slotted in really well. I think he's the perfect 3-4 starter. I mean, he's not going yeah. to ever challenge um, Granke or Kershaw, but he's going to just do really well. He'll probably win 13, 14, 15 games. Um so yeah, I mean, Brett Anderson is the guy who can, you know, he's going to be kind of that Matt Cain, if you think about it. It's a $10 million oh, yeah. risk. He's been good in the past. He's had trouble with injury. But if he can bounce back, that's going to be an absolute steal. And then they're going to have that rotation depth that other people are kind of clamoring for. And it was funny that you mentioned the D Gordon trade. I actually, at the time, when I saw who he'd been traded for, when I, I, you know, because uh-huh. you look at, well, I mean, here's a guy, you know, he's the he's the table setter. He steals sixty bases every year, and they get all these prospects. I thought they were gearing up for a Cole Hamels trade. I really, uh-huh. I really thought that they were just going to turn around and flip those prospects to get Cole Hamels because they wouldn't have to give up hardly any of their number one prospects. Really, I mean, Corey Seager yeah. is kind of the, the number one guy, but 
I really thought that was going to happen. And it still actually is in the back of my mind scaring me a little bit that their rotation could have Kershaw, Granke, and Cole Hamels in it at the beginning of the season. It's possible. I mean, I don't see why that's not still possible, honestly. It scares me, but it is possible. Yeah, I would say that um, when you're talking about Brett Anderson being um, their fifth starter, um, and let's say Brett Anderson works out for him, let's say he he's the Brett Anderson who's not injured and you know pitches under a three ERA, and that's your that's your fifth starter. Mm-hmm. I, I Dodgers are scary. I mean, I, the, the Dod- they've gotten better defensively, they've gotten better in the bullpen, and the rotation. Um, maybe can't compete with the nationals but probably the second best in the nl i just don't know if they're going to hit enough to be able to keep pace with a team like the padres or something like that i just think they you sacrifice offense when you upgrade on defense and i think that's kind of what the dodgers did here i think that they are going to be better up the middle and that is a really important aspect of it is that they're up the middle is now going to be kendrick at second Rollins at short and at Peterson or Puig in center field. Um, oh yeah, by the way, Yasiel Puig is still on this team. That's really interesting yeah. too. <laughs> I was actually thinking he was probably the one that was going to get traded out of all to, to kind of free up that log jam because you're talking about getting guys for Matt Kemp. I mean, to tra- I mean that would be such an Andrew Friedman move to come in from the Rays and immediately flip their best player for just a whole host of prospects. I mean, that would have been just the most, you know, the most raised deal that could have happened now. And um, I think it's a good thing they kept him. He's probably, you know, one of the 10 best players in the league, but um, certainly one of the most exciting and frustrating at the same time. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be a tough race, a tough three-team race. It's going to be, it's going to depend a lot on injuries with the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres to see who wins okay. that division. Because I think that the other, the, not basically the the one of the two that don't win the division are probably going to win, win the wild card. I don't think you're going to have three teams from the NL West win the wild card, or uh, three teams make the playoffs. So, you know, injuries are going to play a big factor. The Giants can possibly make a deal at the deadline to possibly bolster their strength and i don't know we'll see it's it's going to be a lot of fun the um the other two teams in the division of course again also got new general managers um what's your take on the rockies i think they're interesting in what they maybe didn't do and not necessarily in what they did i think they're hampered a lot by their ownership and by their you know their their general manager and the and the ownership not having not being on the same page as the manager and yeah. and I think that not trading Tulowitzki this off season and maybe just trying to just cut ties with that contract and maybe just trying to bottom out not that they haven't been doing that anyway but um, I don't know I, I I just think that that would have probably been the right move to deal him and maybe see what you can get for him yeah i mean um that is a um i think you you framed it correctly in saying what they didn't do was very interesting um i i think you're when you're talking about i mean their gm and correct me if i could be saying this wrong but jeff british um but he came out and said you know that that option is on the table when the owner has said previously we are never getting rid of of carlos gonzalez or troy tulowitzki um, I, I, I cannot imagine that if the Rockies are bottom dwellers at the end, you know, midway through the season, that that's still good, that Tolowitzki is not going to be traded because, uh, and if he's not, it's, it's the decision by the ownership, but, um, the, it, it, I can't speak to what's going on in the, in, internally to, to the Rockies, but, um, they are, a very lopsided team where they have a very good offense and, and a, just an atrocious pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And you can obviously blame that on Coors field, but, um, those numbers are fairly consistent, um, on the road as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, they, they, they need to start figuring out what the next move is for them. And to and Carlos Gonzalez are both, 
I don't see. I, I'd be very surprised to see either of them uh, on the team by the end of next year. Tulowitzki in particular. I mean, Carlos Gonzalez. I don't even know if you can really get a whole lot back for Carlos Gonzalez at this point, um, considering how injury prone he is. Yeah. Um, but Troy Tulowitzki, um, I, I, you you could get a lot back for him despite his injuries. Uh, I mean, he was. It seems like a, a, a million years ago, but in the beginning of the season last year, he was hitting. Scary numbers. Oh, he was his. I mean, it was historic. Numbers. He was a historic pace. I mean, the whole team. I mean, that whole team was really kind of clicking at a historic pace. I think they were hitting a little bit above their pay grade. Um, sure. But my, I guess my thought of it is is that I I think that that is the case. That's probably what's going to happen. Is that the, one or both of them will be gone by the end of next year? But why not just do it now? I don't understand. I mean, I don't know if they really have the horses to keep up in the division, and I don't know if they're just delusional enough to think that they do. Um, but why not do it now? You have teams that are clamoring and trying to, you know, make a push for now to start the season. I don't understand how what what the return is going to be at the trade deadline, you know, than, than, than what you could get in the offseason or at the winter meetings, anything like that. Because I don't think they're going to contend, and I don't think that their fans think they're going to contend. And so, why not just do it then? Why not just do it now? Why not? Just, why? Why wait when you could just do it now and, and and just get it over with and actually make a commitment to saying, okay, this hasn't worked out. Unfortunately, we're just going to get a boatload back for Tulowitzki and just rebuild from there and just. And, and and just do it that way. And from what I understand, I have a, a good friend who's a big Rockies fan, and it's been I've read some some of the writing on there is that just the ownership is slavishly loyal to certain players and this idea of the family and keeping they, they don't make the de- 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 decisions based on business. They make it more on well, you're loyal to the team and you're loyal to this, and that's not quite going to fly in today's MLB. Yeah. Well, to be fair, and, and I don't know how close, if at all, they were to trading to Lewitsky last year, but um, if they were close, him landing on the DL was not a time to trade him, obviously. Right. Um, so I don't know if that was, if, 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 some, if they started shopping him around or not, I have no idea. But, but that, but him being on the DL for the latter half of the season, it, maybe um, Jeff British thought, well, we're going to have to wait till next year because the return we're going to get on him while he's sitting on the sitting on the DL is, is not very high. Right. At least that's what I hope he's thinking because because uh, I agree with you because he they they should have now's the best time to trade him. Um, but it looks like he's going to be starting this year for the Rockies and um, they're going to try to make a go at it. Always a thorn in the Giants' side, especially last season. Last season, you could point to that three-game series where the Giants had the lead in the eighth inning or later and lost all three games as kind of the turning point of when this first half, magical first half of the season and the sort of downfall middle towards the tail end of the season began. Um, That broke Sergio Romo. That cost him a lot of money in free agency. I don't think since he wasn't the closer for for the entire season um but they're always they always play the giants tough i don't understand why and they and that field and i've said it before is a disaster and is an abomination to the sport and i know that's maybe a little bit that's maybe a little bit heavy but i just feel like whenever teams go in there Good teams don't normally blow seven or eight run leads. Like you get you get up yeah. six or seven to nothing or eight to one, and I mean the the Giants broadcasters always talk about it. you got to keep adding on, you got to keep adding on, you got to keep adding on. You can't give up chances. But the Rockies are not that good of a team. They're not good enough to come back on the road from seven runs down. It's literally just because of the stadium that they're able to. That every game turns into fifteen to twelve or eleven to ten, and it's just not fun to watch. The games take forever. Not, I mean, they take forever already, but they're now an extra hour and a half added on. I, I hate Coors Field, and I think that it just—they're <laughs> doing their team a disservice by staying there. They should burn that place to the ground. So, 
With well, that said, <laughs> do any better about it? I would say that management, upper management of, of the Rockies, probably dislike that field as much as you do because they cannot. They're incapable of building a successful team around. Yeah. Um, if 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 right now we're in the era of pitching, the Rockies are the um, the bastard child. Yes. Because they are. Uh, there is a plethora of good pitching talent out there, and they will cannot acquire any of it. And uh, even if they did, those um, those good pitchers are that's where good pitchers go to die. So um, I I understand your your hatred, but it's a hatred that you probably ironically share with with the ownership. I I I don't know. I don't. I mean, speaking of bastard children. Um, let's talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks, the uh, fifth and last place finishers in the National League West last year. Um, again, got another general manager, Dave Stewart, former player. Um, they did fire their manager, Kirk Gibson, and replaced him. Who did they replace him with? Do you have it there? I do. They replaced him with uh, Chip Hale. Oh, yes. World famous Chip Hale. That's the guy you want leading your team uh, to back to uh, their forgotten glory of 2001. Um, I'm not sure if Chip is short for Charles or Chuck or... Chipple? What? Chipple. It's Chipple Hale. Chipple Hale. Let's, 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 let's go with Chipple. I'm going to go with that. Um, they didn't... I mean, they... I, I mean, where do you start with this with this club? I mean, they... I don't really know. I mean, you want to talk about ownership not really knowing what to do or valuing the wrong things. I mean, this is the equivalent of a hockey team valuing, you know, guys who can fight over guys who can skate. Cause it seems like yeah. they just have this aversion to skill and are more putting their eggs in the basket of grit guys, guys who are, you know, they're, they're, t- they're going to be tough to play against and you're just going to, you know, they're going to, you get hurt, and they're going to rub dirt on it, and they're going to go about, you know, all that stupid stuff that really makes no sense and doesn't have, doesn't mean really anything at all. It's going to be a battle between them and the Rockies, again, for last place in the division, I think, without a doubt. No, I, I think um, if, if, the, if the Rockies have ownership issues or management issues, the Diamondbacks very much have management issues. I I think Dave Stewart, I don't think that there's a lot of, I think that Dave, signing on to Dave, Dave Stewart as GM was really almost more of a uh, best, um, you know, like a, uh, like a career award for Dave Stewart for being, a, I believe he's a former player rep. Um, he obviously is a former player himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, a, I think he, I think he was a, he led scouting at one point for, for, for another team. And he's just been in sort of he's, in baseball for so Yeah, long. he's been around the game for a really long time. He's been around the game for a long time. Um, I think it was just sort of, well, it's it's his time now. Let's give him a shot. Um, and it, furthermore, I, you know, they have Tony La Russa on the, I believe, in, in management of the team. Um, he signed on a former, from what I read, a, a, a close friend of his who's a, a former dentist oh. to run their analytics division. Um, I mean, this is a team that's not a. This is if, if this is the opposite of the Tampa Bay Rays when they probably should be the Tampa Bay Rays right. considering their market. They really don't focus on analytics. Dave Stewart is more of an old an old fashioned scout baseball kind of guy. He's a straw hat. He's a straw hat. That's the only way you can tell. Exactly. Right. And it shows. I mean, they, and they didn't really make any moves this this off season, so it's hard to really to to, to show any real evidence of that with with Dave Stewart. Um, well, the one thing that they the, the one move that they did make was signing Yasmani Tomas, the Cuban infielder. Um, yes, that's kind of their. But it's just they literally plug him in, and he they sign him, and he instantly becomes their second best player. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't even played an inning in the in the in Major League Baseball. And after Goldschmidt, right. he pretty much is their best player. I'm I'm just going over their roster. I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to pick and choose who their best five rotation would be. 
I mean, yeah. you've got Bronson Arroyo. There's Trevor Cahill. Patrick Corbin would probably be your number one, but who knows what he's gonna what he's gonna do coming off of an injury. I mean, yeah. Ruby De La Rosa. He's a former Dodger prospect who's been bounced around a lot. I mean, they're they just they don't have it. They don't they don't have it on the mound. They don't have it in the bullpen. Goldschmidt is a generational talent. I mean, he is fantastic. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's unbelievable. But, yeah. I mean, they're still running out guys like, I mean, like Cody Ross and Mark Trumbo and their outfield. I mean, it just, I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand. What are they? They're not trying to lose, but they're not trying to win. They're in this weird thing, and they're probably going to lose again this year. I don't know. And I also don't understand why they traded Miguel Montero. I don't understand what where, what they were trying to. I don't remember who they acquired for that. But um, now all of a sudden, you're, their their catcher is um, Tuffy Ghostwish. Yeah, Tuffy. It's good to have a guy named uh, Tuffy in baseball. You got to have one Tuffy at least in Major League <laughs> Baseball before it's like an official so, season. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I there there are I don't know they're they're. Clearly, there doesn't seem to be a plan. Um, and to be, I guess the, the to be fair to them, you know, when you have every single hole to fill, um, where do you start? And I think that the um, what the Diamondbacks should probably do is what we were talking about. What the Rockies should do, which is um, deal Goldschmidt for for prospects, just the way the Rockies should probably deal to the whiskey for prospects and 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 get into serious rebuilding mode. The, the the management of the Diamondbacks is in such disarray and in such a strange place where, again, they're val- valuing the wrong things. This is a guy who can do so much well for you that you should be able to build around him and build a, a successful winning team. But they're just not going to do it. I don't know. I'm, and and I'm, I'm, I'm flummoxed by them. Flummoxed, I say. They, they, um, are, they're definitely going to need to figure out what their long-term plan is, and Goldschmidt is the is the key element to that. I think, like you said, either build around him or trade him, trade him for prospects. But yeah, so you got any uh, last predictions we got for the for the division? We talked a lot about the division and the teams in it. I think we're pretty comfortably saying I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm probably just gonna say the Rockies finish in last this year, and because I do think that they will deal. Gonzalez and or Tulowitzki. Uh and I think that the uh, I think the um, Diamondbacks will finish in fourth. I actually think the Dodgers will finish in third. The Giants will finish in second and get the second wild card. And I think the Padres are probably going to win the division. Interesting. Um... I reserve the right to change that before the season starts and during the season and after the season is over. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if it makes you feel any better, I definitely owe you a six-pack of beer based on your playoff predictions. That is true. Bring it to me. Um, but the – I'll dis- definitely disagree with you on a few things. I think overall I agree with that. Um, I will say the Diamondbacks will be last place because I see absolutely zero positives with that team. Um, I think the reason the Rockies, the difference maker for the Rockies are, is they still have a decent uh, offensive abilities. And I believe they're pretty close to a winning record on at home. So I think that's enough to, to, to put them in the fourth spot instead of instead of being dead last. Yeah, they were um, they were nine games over on at home and they were 21 and 60 on the road last year. That's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Good. Um, however, I do think you're right in that, um, you know, if whether they're fourth or fifth, you know, as we said, they might trade to the whiskey and, and maybe Carlos Gonzalez. That might be enough to, to pull them back to fifth at the end of the year. But but I think that's the difference maker for them. And then I'm going to go with the Giants at third because they we all know they're not going to win the World Series this year because you can't divide it by two. Of course. And um, and I'm going to stick with. With I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Padres in the second spot, um, but I'm gonna say they're gonna be close and win. You know I think they're gonna I'll say that they'll win maybe 90 92 games, but I don't think they're necessarily gonna win the wild card because I actually think the NL Central 
is pretty going to be pretty nasty next year. And I think it's possible you could get three three playoff teams out of the Central hmm. um, between the Cardinals and the Pirates. The Brewers were pretty good, and now the Cubs are making noise. The Cubs um, making noise. I think, yeah, I think I think the Central. I'm not saying I think you're right in saying that you're not going to definitely not going to get the three playoff teams in the West, but you it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh, surprising to see at least one play, or the two playoff teams, one wild card team out of the West. But I, I think the Cardinal or the, or the the NL Central could be dangerous. Um, so that that's leaving the the Dodgers in the top spot, and I think they're going to be even a better team. They if they won 94 games last year. I think they'll win even more. I think they'll win maybe 95, 96, 97. Um, so that those are those are my very early estimates prior to even spring training beginning. So we'll see how yeah. how true that turns out to be. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll chat before the season starts, and we'll see about if we want to revise our picks at all. Because I mean, there's still time for a trade. There's still time for it's a true. trade. We still have another week and a half or so before then. But um, but until then, thanks so much for chatting and for listening with us. Um, and uh, Scott, thank you so much for uh, enjoying uh, a little bit of time here with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been too long. It has been. We'll chat later. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk off the air. All right. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>